The stories of Southern black women are breathtakingly illuminated at Signature Theater in a soaring musical based on the acclaimed novel and film The Color Purple, featuring DC superstar Nova Y. Payton as Seeley and the voices Frenchie Davis. The Color Purple is filled with jazz, gospel, and blues music, performed by a cast of 16 and a live orchestra. Bring the whole family to see this Tony-winning musical live on stage now through October 9th at Signature Theater. Get tickets today at sigtheater.org. Do you know somebody who won't wear their seatbelt? Well, if they won't listen to their cars dinging, maybe you should add some of your own. Ding, 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 ding. Go ahead, ding, kids. Chime ding, in. Ding, ding, ding. Hey, you on the street, ding, tell this guy to wear a seatbelt. Yep, it's okay to speak up because you know what? You could save their life. Learn more at buckleupva.com. A message from the Virginia Department of Motor Vehicles. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Thank you for listening to the Remain Seated podcast brought to you by Black Velvet Boutique. Locally owned and operated, Black Velvet Boutique in Clearfield is a great sexual wellness resource for you and your partner. Enjoy the best parts of being an adult with intimate bedroom toys and lingerie. Black Velvet Boutique is moving to a new location soon, so they're liquidating much of their inventory now. Visit them today and mention Gina and get up to 50% off. Ask the store for details. Open seven days a week and their store is at 293 South State Street in Clearfield or online at blackvelvetboutique.com. Welcome back to the Remain Seated podcast with Gina Barberi. That's me. Is it? Well, I'm mom to you. You're not wearing a name tag, so I was confused. I'm your mother, but this isn't remain seated with mom. No, that would be. It's not your mother. Whoever's listening right now, your mom's not here. No, my mom's here. I'm the only one for you. Yeah. Um, Thank you for for joining us again. I asked you uh, last week to send an email if you had some suggestions because I still don't know what this podcast is. It's whatever we want. Sometimes it's current events. Sometimes it's just me asking my kid questions. But I also said, send me an email if you have a topic you would like us to discuss. And I got this email from Rachel. Let me read it to you, and then I'll introduce our guest. Hi, Gina. Our family recently lost our 15-year-old dog to kidney failure. We've been discussing whether or not to get another dog, and if we do, what kind. I've been following your experience with Golden Retrievers since I started listening to you back in 1997. It was the year I was born. I know! I was so impressed with Sadie Girl, who was only allowed on the tile, and now Riley the Wonder Dog, complete with her own Instagram account. I know you have a busy life like I do with kids and work and hair appointments. Yeah, I have so many hair appointments. I have lots of hair appointments. And you pride yourself on keeping a clean home. I also know golden retrievers are high energy and extremely furry dogs. My question is this. How do you reconcile having such an active, hairy dog with your need for a clean house? You said that dogs like yours need to be run in the mountains. But after listening to your most recent story about going on a hike at your nephew's wedding, I can only assume you're probably not regularly getting outside with Riley. (laughs) You would be assuming correctly. You went out that hike. I did. It was not a moderate hike. It It was not a moderate hike. We were lied to at the beginning (laughs) of that hike. I would absolutely love to have an obedient, loyal golden retriever, as would my kids, an 11-year-old daughter and a 5-year-old son. Please help me decide if this is something that would be doable for our family. Love you, Gina. Sincerely, Rachel. I love you too, Rachel. Uh, When I read Rachel's email, I immediately thought of my friend Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi. She's from Positively Five Star Dog Training. 
And I've worked with Jen with Riley, our new golden retriever. And I thought, perfect person to ask these questions to, because I have my own feelings about it. Um, We had, as she mentioned, Sadie Girl. She was the same age as Festus. Mm -hmm. She was 17 when she died. Oh, wow. And I think I was 18. So it was right. We got her when I was like one or two. And uh, can I can I tell the tattoo story? You can tell the tattoo. Oh, this is so cute. (laughs) I'm excited. I thought you hated it. You think it's cute? (laughs) No, I love this story. So when when Sadie was getting older and we'd had the vet tell us it was probably going to be time pretty soon, um, Festus was really upset. He'd grown up with her. She was his dog. They were very, very close. And that news was hard for you. And he just got upset and he's like, I need to go for a drive. I need to get out of the house. And he just left. And he came back about what, four hours later or something? Yeah, probably. And we were sitting down to dinner and he walks in the dining room, kind of throws open the door. You're making it sound a lot more aggressive. No, no. This is exactly what you did. And he takes his shirt. I'm going to make you show her now. Mm-hmm. He takes his shirt and he pulls down his shirt and he went and got a tattoo. Oh. <laughs> it's still there. It's yeah. T- it's it says Sadie that's with, beautiful with a paw print because he was but he just all spur of the moment went and got a Sadie that's how much because our dogs oh, mean that much to yeah. us they're family and I, f- I feel like with with Rachel that sent this email she had the same thing a 15 year old golden retriever yeah. so Jen when you want to talk to somebody like Rachel about what let's just talk first about whether to get another dog or what the great time frame is for replacing a dog. Sure. Not that you can replace a dog. That sounded terrible. No, No, of course not. Right now, don't get sad. (laughs) Hi, Rachel. First of all, I want to tell you, I am so sorry for your loss um, and for your family's loss. Our, our dogs are such a big part of our family. So I know that that's a very difficult thing to go through. Um, One really important thing to remember is no two dogs are alike. Um, Just like we just talked about, you can't replace an animal. So you do need to make sure that you've had proper time to grieve and that you have proper expectations. Um, A lot of times when we keep a dog into their old age, um, we kind of forget some of the naughty puppy behaviors and younger dog spunk um, and that they have higher energy and a lot more training needs and requirements, especially working breeds like a golden retriever. So sometimes people will rush out and they'll go get a little puppy to kind of fill their home and their heart. um, And it will be a little bit overwhelming and they're not, you know, and they'll be a little bit disappointed. So, you know, I would, there's no set time. I would, I would agree with you totally because you know, Sadie was 17 when she died. And old dogs are awesome. Yeah. Because they just lay around and will maybe <laughs> come up and put their head in your lap once in a while to yeah. pet. And then they go back to sleep. Yeah. They remain seated. They, just, <laughs> just like you. But we waited a year between when Sadie died and when we got Riley. Yeah. And you're right. You forget what work puppies are. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of older dogs as well in the shelter. And so if your family isn't quite as high energy or you're not a really athletic family or maybe you don't have a big yard or a lot of time to devote to those types of things, you can always look for a rescue. 
Um, I believe there's a golden retriever rescue in mm-hmm. Utah. Um, and I'd have to double check on that, but there's a lot of rescue dogs. And so, and that's something nice to do in your dog's memory as well. Go back and take a dog from the shelter or from a rescue group. How much harder is it to train an older dog than a puppy? If you decide to go that route, adopt an older dog and train. Mm. <laughs> you can be honest. It's a, Well, it's not necessarily more difficult, but it's just established habits, right? We have to think like one in seven years. So if you did something, if you get a two-year-old dog, it's kind of the equivalent as a person. If you did something every day for 14 years, and then you wake up one day and decide you're going to completely try to change that habit and the way that your, you know, your brain works that way, Mm -hmm. um, it's going to take a little bit more effort. But a lot of times there's some, you know, pretty well-behaved dogs and lower energy dogs can sometimes be, um, you know, easier to train. And so it's kind of a cat. 22 depending on what former training they had but yeah established habits are harder to break than just starting fresh Uh, but it is like you have to be really devoted to training with a puppy so let's talk puppies then um how soon should you start training a puppy immediately really Mm -hmm. i look at it puppies shouldn't they should not go home um away from their moms until at least eight weeks they really need, and so a lot of people aren't familiar with that, and a lot of breeders get really eager. In six, seven weeks, they start pushing them out the door, saying they're on, you know, solid food now. Um, you're going to have problems with biting, puppy biting, mm-hmm. and things that they need to learn from their mom and their siblings. Oh, I didn't know that. They learn that kind of stuff if mm-hmm. they stay with mom longer. Yep. The moms correct them, and the siblings correct them. They teach them what's too hard, and and so you will have more problems if you get a dog uh, too early. Mm -hmm. But at eight weeks, dogs are able to retain commands and information. And there's a lot more that goes into training than just, you know, sit, stay down. Um, You know, you want to make sure you're not you're preventing things like separation anxiety. How do you um, do that? I know I'm going to out Carrie a little bit here, but I know I know Carrie's dogs have a little bit of that because he and, and Carrie has separation yeah. anxiety. <laughs> from his dogs, because he, he and his wife are home a lot, and yep. so they the, their dogs don't get left. So they're like, wait a minute, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Is I there know. something you can do? Because I know they came to you after that was already set established there's something you can do when they're puppies to prevent that from happening yeah i um i always joke that carrie's dogs carrie and suzanne their dogs are treated better than my kids sometimes (laughs) they're so yeah they do yeah yeah they're very very spoiled they're wonderful though (laughs) wonderful dogs wonderful clients and hudson's actually doing really well with his socializing and stuff now so it can be reversed but it just is a process Mm -hmm. um separation anxiety a lot of times if we greet our dogs very excitedly um, and we make a big deal out of leaving our dogs and we don't take the time to crate train and allow our dogs some alone time and not just locking them in a crate and leaving them to fend for themselves, but actually giving them things to stimulate them and teaching them a good relationship with their crate. I highly recommend crate training. Um, And also just the way that you greet your dog, the way that you leave your dog, there's a lot of little things that you can implement in your daily activities that will prevent a lot of future problems. That's why I get mad at you when you come (laughs) over and you get all excited with Riley and because you have all this. I did the jumping. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to tell her no, she's cute. I know, and she loves you. Actually, she picked you when we very first picked that litter, remember? Yeah. She was the very first tiny one you were holding there. And mm-hmm. But he's terrible. He walks in the door yeah. and it's like b- big energy playtime. She wants to give me a hug. 
Let her hug me. And she's very approachable. She's very, uh, very sweet. So sometimes I say, I wish I could be a dog walker instead of a trainer. So I could come in and just play and love all over him, you know. With um, starting training, I kind of look at it the same way as if a person was starting a brand new job. So if you showed up to your brand new job and they said to you, oh, welcome. We're so happy to have you. Here's your desk. Here's your coffee mug. Have a great day. You'd be going, well, who's in charge here? Oh, What's the okay. schedule? What am I supposed to be doing? I mean, you wouldn't be very confident. You wouldn't really appreciate that approach. Mm-hmm. You would you would like someone to be there with you and direct you and, and show you what was expected and the correct things that you were supposed to be doing. And then you can imagine if they just opened the office door and said, no, no, bad, no, no. What? You know, you'd be going, what? <laughs> what, am I, what did I do? You know, and that's what we do to our puppies. Oh, we bring them home. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I say start training right away. That's kind of my point with that, getting back to that. Um, you know, as soon as, if you bring them home and you have them on a leash, I do recommend keeping dogs on a leash in the home when you first bring them. Obviously supervised. Um, like like they drag a leash around? Is mm-hmm. that what? Well, and they should be with you. Oh. Because puppies are like toddlers. I mean, you wouldn't go get in the shower and just go, okay. <laughs> they get into trouble when you're not watching. Yeah, you put them in a playpen or you bring, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have to have them supervised. So in the beginning, until they can be trusted, the only way to prevent bad behaviors is to catch them mm-hmm. in the act and then not just no, no, no bad dog, but to redirect them um, and show them what they should be doing instead. And that builds confidence. Your dog's like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, but this is what I should be doing. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. No, so, that makes sense. Yeah. And with crate training, I was just curious, do you recommend like overnight um, the crying it out method, like letting them cry it out or like go a get baby? them and teach them that <laughs> that means go potty? Um, I do recommend letting them cry it out, but you do need to make sure that your dog has exerted their energy before bedtime. You do need to make sure you, and a lot of people keep their dog out all day long and then they wait until the evening to crate their dog. And now their dog is not familiar with this, this place and they're not used to being away from their, you know, pack and they're not used to being away from their family. And so it creates a little bit of anxiety oh, towards the crate. Oh, you should do it during yeah. the day too. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. We recommend just kind of leaving the crate open, making it a very comfortable place for your dog and just kind of tossing treats in there so your dog will go in and then they can come right back out because dogs make associations right Mm -hmm. so if they're associating the crate with a place where every time they go in there they get locked in and separated from their family and they're trapped there for hours no one's going to want to go in there you wouldn't want to go in there you know so if they go in there they get a treat and i also recommend feeding in the crate um, when they're puppies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If all their meals are in the crate, their treats are in the crate. They'll associate good things. Yeah, exactly. And we let them come in and out and in and out. And we praise them. And then if they go in on their own, we tell, oh, you know, and we get Kongs, things like that, that they can fill with like mm-hmm. frozen peanut butter. Or if your dog has allergies, check with your vet. But, um, you know, dog treats, things of that nature that they can... Mm -hmm. entertain themselves with. Do you want to tell her why you're asking her that? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You you made a bad dog choice. I made a bad dog choice? Didn't you get a puppy? What was my bad dog choice? You got a puppy. Yeah. But no, but this this goes to picking a breed for your living situation. So yeah. And that's very important. So me and my fiance have an apartment. Okay. And we decided to get a blue healer. Oh, 
And I can tell by the look on your face <laughs> yeah. and your reaction that was a bad call. Yeah. So maybe tell people why that's a bad idea. Healers are a really strong, high, like a really strong working breed, high energy dog. Those are, I mean, those dogs need to be mentally and physically stimulated. Uh, apartment lifestyle is not going to be suitable. But people don't know that. I mean, people think a lot of dogs are treated equally, you know. I remember growing up all the time when we go to the store or Walmart or wherever, we would see puppies in a little box out front. And I never once thought, oh, that's not a good breed for, you know, our lifestyle. Like, it's just a puppy's a puppy, right? And a lot of people don't understand there's all puppies are not created equal. I mean, they have very different needs and requirements. So even within breeds, you were saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's working like I have German Shepherds um, and there's I have a dog that's half working line, half show line. He's a lot more mellow because show line German Shepherds are a lot more mellow than working lines. And then I have one that's all working lines and they are nothing alike. They have completely different personalities and needs and behaviors. So, yeah. (laughs) Let's get back to Rachel's question about um, family, two kids, 11 and five. Golden Retriever, good dog for them to think of again. Golden Retrievers are one of the most family-friendly dogs around. I absolutely, I always recommend Golden Retrievers. Um, also, Golden Doodles, which is the new craze. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Um, they're, they're being so fluffy and cute. <laughs> <laughs> they're being advertised as hypoallergenic. And um, they don't shed as much, right? Not as much, but they still do. And there's F1 and F2, which is first generation, second generation. So like a first generation golden retriever with um, a poodle mm-hmm. is going to shed more because it's got... Oh, you, you don't breed it out of them f- for a couple of generations. Yeah. Then okay. when you get into the second generation, then you're going to have a little bit less shedding. Uh, poodles are hypoallergenic, but golden retrievers are not. So it is a combination of the two. You are going to get less shedding. And poodles are ranked like second in intelligence um, next to the collie. I, I'm kind of a, a golden retrieverist. Yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> For good reason. You have good reason. Um, I mean, I've had two and I've had great experiences with them. And the, I know I have a lot of friends that have doodles. Yep. And I feel like they're almost more high energy. If you're looking for a dog that's not as high energy, I feel Mm -hmm. like if you get a doodle, they have more energy than a retriever. Is that just me being biased? No, because poodles, and obviously every dog is different, and and even litter mates can have different personalities, um, but... Poodles are so high, like highly ranked in the intelligence, Mm -hmm. you know, department that just like people, they need to be mentally stimulated. And people, even if we put you on a treadmill for eight hours and had you stare at a wall, you know, you might be physically exhausted, but mentally you're going to be going a little Uh, crazy. You have so many good analogies. (laughs) That's how. Because I totally get that. (laughs) Now it makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's the way I think about it is, you know, you have to understand now you've got a highly intelligent dog. And poodles are also a working breed. So now we have two working lines put together. So those are going to be dogs that need to be, have their energy exerted physically. But now we also have a very intelligent dog. So now we have to think of ways to stimulate their mind or we're going to have some of those neurotic behavior. So what's a lazy dumb dog we can get? <laughs> Safer in apartment. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't I'm know just, if my clients would be very happy if they heard me call any of the dog breeds no. dumb. No, Let's say but lower energy. <laughs> apartment dogs would be like Shih Tzu dogs, those are lap dogs, Maltese dogs, um pugs are good apartment dogs. Um you know, a lot of the smaller and sometimes people think all smaller dogs are, you know, great for 
for an apartment, but they're not because a lot of smaller dogs are actually working dogs as well. Oh, but yeah. you want a dog like, you know, that was bred to be more of a lap dog. So like a Shih Tzu, they, they are a little bit more difficult in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Some people will argue with me on this, but <laughs> they're a little bit harder to train because they they were bred to be lap dogs. They're like, you know? I'm not expected to do anything. Yep. Why are you asking me to do things? Yeah, they just don't have that motivation. Emperors used to use them as like foot warmers. So I like that idea. Yeah, they're great for that. And they're, they are, you can train them. There's no such thing as a dumb dog. They just aren't as highly motivated because, you know, they're not bred to be, to, to be working, to be learning. And that, I feel like golden retrievers, again, not to go back to my favorites, but I feel like <laughs> they're very eager to learn and help and. Yep. And I feel like that makes them easier to train. Oh, yeah. Golden Retrievers are, if I, probably my top recommended dog for families. They're good with children. They're intelligent. They're good to, and they're very versatile, especially for living in Utah. And this is a dog that you can have at home to be a part of your family, to be good with the kids, to hang out in the yard. Also a dog that you can take camping and you can take hiking and fishing. And and a lot of people that live here enjoy a lot of those activities. And so if you have an apartment dog, um, they can't always... You know, they can't always take the cold the same. They don't have the same athletic ability to keep up. Um, so it just depends on your family and your needs. Well, I would say to Rachel, I would say get another golden. They're great. And, but you just, can't go wrong. But just know what you're getting into. If you decide to go the puppy route, do what Jen said and, and start training them right away or, or get a, a trainer to help you with that. Yeah. Um, the, the Humane Society, check the, their website because they sometimes have retrievers or yeah, or, you, yeah, or you could get a, a rescue dog mm-hmm. that's a little older. Yep. Maybe Make it you could, a little bit easier. Maybe you could skip the potty training, which would be... <laughs> <laughs> right. All that, especially in the winter. If you're getting a dog in the winter, keep in mind, even if you have a yard, people think if I have a yard and I just take my dog out of the crate and I send it out into the yard in the morning, it'll go potty outside and it will figure it out. And that's not the case. Really, if you want to do potty training correctly, you have to walk out there with your dog. I don't, whether you have an enclosed yard or not, and you have to hold the leash and you have to wait and prompt them and tell them what they're doing and teach it as a command. So winter harder for yeah it's a little bit you probably get a lot of people with bad habits maybe they just started there they got the dog in the winter and just didn't work with them when they were little or they put them on potty pads because they didn't want to go outside in the cold and now they're trying to train their dog to stop potting in the house and that's also you said i could go in here now go in here (laughs) it's very confusing Well, Jen, thank you so much for coming and helping us with this question today. I bet we have you back. I bet we get other people. And I need to book you. Yeah. Riley. Training sessions. Well, Riley's good with with some things, but like uh, when you're on walks or at the park, she sees, that looks like a fun person. I want to go say hello. Or there's a dog. Maybe they want to play. They're very friendly. Yeah. That's another good thing about Goldens, being good with other dogs, being good with people. Being, you know, they're wonderful dogs. But before you go, I, I need to book a session. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her where I'm she can Riley. do that, Jen. Um, so my website is www.positively, and that's spelled P-A-W, like a dog paw, five spelled out, uh, startraining.com. Or you can find me on Facebook uh, by searching Positively Five Star Training or on Google. Google will direct you to all my social media. Um, my website and give you my reviews as well. Well, we can put a link to it on the Remain Seated podcast. Sure we can. We can tweet it out <laughs> yeah. at Remain Seated Pod. 
and uh, and do what uh, Rachel did. She sent us an email about something they wanted to talk about. You can just send it to me, Gina at x96.com. This has been the Remain Seated Podcast with me, Gina Barberi, my son Festus, and our guest, dog trainer Jen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Stay care.